Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Below Average Joe's MMA Podcast, episode 38, the UFC Vegas 13 results and recap episode. Again, it's Dominic here. You're going to be stuck with me for one last solo episode here before we get Noah back for our special episode. So bear with me one final time here before we get him back in the studio. Um, but we're going to go over this. Uh, I hope you guys had a great weekend here. I hope you guys have a great week and that you're getting the week started with our podcast. Um, unfortunately, there is not really any news to discuss uh, since we last had our episode on Friday. But before I get into the UFC Vegas 13 announcements, or announcements, results, I'm actually going to touch on Bellator 251. Uh, there were a couple notable fights here that we wanted to point out. The first one being Austin Vanderford. Uh, he is the husband of former UFC strawweight contender Paige Van Zant. Uh, he was victorious with a decision victory at Bellator 251 this past Thursday night. Um, and he is now an undefeated, perfect 10 wins and 0 losses. So he's got a lot of hype over there. Uh, in Bellator, rightfully so. He's a very dominant wrestler, very good striking, very good grappling. Excited to see what the future is for Mr. Vanderford over there. And of course, the main event, something that we've been waiting on for a little while now, the debut for Corey Anderson at Bellator was this past Thursday, and he absolutely overwhelmed Melvin Manhoff and got a dominant TKO victory in the second round, very brutal elbows, ground and pound, very nasty, very good technique, and I think it's time for a title shot just like that. Um, I think that was kind of the plan for Corey uh, in going to Bellator was that he's going to be, you know, make his debut fight, and if he gets a win, get a title shot, and I think that's what Bellator is going to do. I think that's what's next for him. Uh, so we had to shout out Corey there, former UFC light heavyweight contender, uh, always in that top five, but could never quite get that job done to earn that title shot, unfortunately. So it's good to see for Corey over there in Bellator. Uh, wish him nothing but the best, and I hope a title shot comes next and would love to see him get that gold wrapped around his waist. But now I'm going to get into the UFC Vegas 13 results. Uh, we're going to go top to bottom here starting with the first fight of the main card, and this was women's strawweight, Claudia Gadella versus Jeonin Yan. Uh, again, that's probably incorrect, but, you know, I'm trying my best out here. Uh, this was a very good matchup on paper. It was a classic grappler versus striker. I was really looking forward to this. This was the biggest task uh, and challenge of Yan's career so far within the UFC and she passed with flying colors. I will say in the first round, Claudia looked very good with her grappling and her wrestling. Um, however, uh, Joan and Jan kept very busy on the bottom, landed a lot of strikes. Unfortunately, when you're on your back, it's very hard to get a, a round win. Um, so I had it Claudia up 1-0 there. But after that, she could never really get the fight back down on the ground. And Jan completely controlled the uh, striking exchanges, was way better on the feet, uh, really was at a different level, can really pick her shots, pieced up Claudia relatively well, and she ended up getting a 
29-28 unanimous decision on all three scorecards. So a big victory there for Jonan Jan. She is now 6-0 in the UFC. She has the longest win streak in the women's strawweight division. Now, if we're talking who's going to come next, this is where it's very interesting here. So what I want to touch on. Coming into this, Claudia was ranked 4th. Jonan Jan was ranked 8th. So you have to assume she's going to probably just flip-flop with her, especially because Nina Ansarov is at 5th, and she's inactive right now with the new baby. Michelle Watterson is 6th and has a fight coming up. And then number 7, Marina Rodriguez just fought on Fight Island. So I would assume she will crack into this top 5, and I believe that she's one win away from a title fight, which means we could have an all-China women's strawweight title fight brewing in the uh, near future. But what I want to see next in a fight that makes all the sense in the world at this point, number two ranked Joanna Champion, Joanna Young Jacek. This is the biggest test that Jan could possibly have in order to earn her title shot. And for Joanna, it's a way for her to come back and say, you know, hey, I've had a long layoff, but she's done so much for this division that she deserves that. And if she can come right back in and stop this hype train of Joan and Jan, then she's still right there in the title picture. Joanna is one of the best women's mixed martial artists in the world, one of the best women strikers in the world, and she proves that every time she goes out there and fights. I think this is an incredible matchup, an incredible striking battle. I could see it being a fight night main event, 1 million percent, and I'm all for that in early 2021. And for Claudia on the losing side, um, this is kind of a hard one for me uh, to predict for her. She she's really has the talent, but she's been in so many decisions. I think like 10 of her last 11 fights have been decided by decision. Not that that's a bad thing, but um, she's so talented but can never really go get the finish. Um, and she's always in these really close decisions. Not that this one was very close, but the Angela Hill one, the Carla Esparza one, like you could argue that she lost both of those. Um, so I think a matchup with number seven ranked Marina Rodriguez would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'd say that is probably the best option. I was looking through the rest, but you don't want to go too far back with her. And again, like I mentioned, Marina's coming off a loss as well, so it makes sense. It's still two top ten uh, women's strawweight fighters. That's another grappler-striker matchup. Marina uh, Rodriguez, for those of you that don't know, was undefeated coming into that fight on Fight Island with Carla Esparza, and Carla showed her veteran expertise and experience there to get that win. So I think Claudia versus Marina is a really good fight. I think it is a fight that makes sense. It's a good task for Marina and to prove that she can bounce back and work her way into that top five, and for Claudia, a way for her to say, hey, I'm not going anywhere. It was just a loss to, or one loss, and it was to a very game opponent. So that's what I've got for the first fight. Again, that was women's straw weight at 115 pounds. Now we're going to get into the second fight on the main card. This was a late addition. Um, unfortunately, the Ian Heinish versus Brendan Allen uh, middleweight fight got scrapped last minute due to a positive COVID case or po positive <laughs> COVID test, I should say. Um, but we still had a great fight between. This is going to be hard for me to explain this one, but I'm going to go with it. Giga Chikadze and Jamie Simmons. This was a men's featherweight fight at 145 pounds. 
and this didn't last very long at all. Giga is an incredible uh, kickboxer, very accomplished um, in the world of Muay Thai kickboxing, and he showed it here again with this one. He had a beautiful head kick knockout, 3 minutes and 51 seconds into round number 1, that then led to him getting the TKO with some ground and pound there. Um, but he set it up beautifully with a left body kick. And you could see throughout those first three and a half minutes, he was really trying to set this kick up. Um, and it was just a matter of time before it landed. Even on the commentary, you could hear Dominic Cruz uh, continue to mention that he is waiting to set it up. And when he timed it, boy, was it beautiful. This was an amazing TKO win for Giga here. He's been on a tear in 2020 newly added to the UFC roster and he's making a case for top 15 already um, he's a very big guy to be in the men's featherweight division so I think he could easily fight at lightweight as well uh, they even mentioned how or he mentioned in his pre-fight um, fighter interviews that the weight cut was a little tough and then he felt that if this fight were to go into the third round with Jamie he would uh, be gassing so for a fighter to admit that is very rare, but I do respect that and that he recognized where he still can improve uh, in his preparation. So I still think maybe one or two more guys before he can get a ranked fighter. However, he has the skill set to go right now. It's just a matter of how quickly the UFC want to push him. Um, I think he needs to take time and look at his body and what's going to be the best decision for him in terms of featherweight or lightweight. Again, that 10-pound difference makes a lot um, makes a lot of difference. <laughs> um, bear with me there. But um, 10 pounds is a lot, especially when you're cutting. And he's, like I said, he's a big guy. He's definitely big enough to fight at lightweight, so I'd be interested to see what's next for him. Maybe we see him again by the end of the year. He didn't really take any damage at all. But if not, I think we'll see Giga back at the beginning of 2021. Uh, that was men's featherweight. Now we go into the fight of the night. As I predicted, Rayoni Barcelos versus Khalid Taha. Men's bantamweight, 135 pounds. Wow, what a fight. This men's bantamweight division might be the deepest division in the entire UFC after what I saw with this fight. Neither one of these guys are ranked fighters. And the fact that they've put on a performance like this was unbelievable it was far and above the fight of the night um and it did get the official fight of the night as well not only my predicted main card fight of the night so this was a slugfest whenever they were on the feet and when it was on the ground it was beautiful transitions and groundwork grappling was on point from both of these guys but rayoni is next level in all aspects of the fight game this Barcelos guy is for real. Um, so that first round was wild. The second round was very good. It was almost entirely on the feet. Um, Barcelos nearly finished it at the end of the second round with very big shots. But Taha is about as tough as they come. So he survived that storm. Um, and then the third round was much of the same with Taha even getting the better of the engagements in the third round. But overall, uh, Rayoni Barcelos got the 30-27 Unanimous decision on all three scorecards. This fight is incredible, and I believe that the after what I saw, whoever would have won this fight deserves top 15. For Barcelos' perspective, he won. 
Uh, I love, love, love a fight with uh, him and Song Yadong, who's the number 14 ranked bantamweight. Um, I would say Chito Vera at number 15 would be a wonderful fight. However, Vera is rumored to fight Jose Aldo sometime soon. So hopefully that fight gets made. So I think uh, for Barcelos, he earned it after last night. This dude is 16-1. and one. Uh, He's on an absolute tear. He's about as well-rounded as they come. Never going to be in a boring fight after what I saw last night. And I think him and Song Yudong would really put on a great performance. Uh, for Khalid Taha, keep your head up, man. You're still one or two wins away, and you're right there in that top 15. He showed a lot of heart last night, a lot of grit, and a lot of talent. I mean, he hurt uh, Barcelos in that third round a little bit. He's very good at grappling as well. Got out of some sticky situations, some submission attempts. Um, and took some big shots, man, and just kept coming forward, and we love that. Uh, this was quite the incredible fight. If you didn't get to watch these fights on Saturday, and there's one fight I recommend watching from this card, it would be this one. So shout out to those guys, Rayoni Barcelos, Khalid Taha, men's bantamweight. Keep an eye out on both of these gentlemen coming in the near future for this men's bantamweight division. Uh, into the co-main event of the evening, the most boring fight of the night, which I kind of anticipated. Not that that's a bad thing. It was um, just a very slow, technically paced fight. Uh, this was the heavyweight battle. Andre Arlovsky, Tanner Bozer. Um, like I said, not a lot of action. Tanner landed a lot of big leg kicks, but Andre landed a lot more of the strikes to the head. Um, watching it the first time, I was kind of iffy on who actually won. Then as I watched it, I actually watched this a second time this morning. And I did agree that Andre uh, won this fight. The final scorecards was a 29-28 on all three uh, scorecards for a unanimous decision for Andre Arlovsky. And I mean, shout out to this guy. Another 41-year-old. Never going to give up. Always tries to keep improving. And that's what's really impressive about Andre. Say what you want about him. He's been knocked out and... You know, he needs to quit fighting, he needs to quit fighting all these big-name guys or these up-and-coming prospects, but you know what? The fact that he keeps challenging himself, he doesn't want to give up, and he's still winning, I can't hate on him for that. For Bozer, this is a tough loss for him because this was going to be uh, kind of that win to put him into that top 15 contention. So I really did predict Bozer was going to win this. I was rather surprised, but... At the end of the day, the way Arlovsky has been fighting recently, he has had a lot of decisions. He's been fighting a lot smarter, and he did just that last night. Um, I don't want to hate on this fight too much. It just wasn't a lot of action, which is okay. In terms of what's next, I don't really know what you want to do with Andre Arlovsky, considering he's nearly fought everybody there is in the heavyweight division already. Do you want to give him a guy like a Blagoy Ivanov at number 14? Uh, he's already fought in Tibera, and Tibera beat him. Uh, do we do a rematch there? I mean, I don't want him to go much higher than a 14-15 or just continue to fight these guys that are going to crack into the top 15. He's really in a tough spot because I think he knows he's not going to make it back to a title shot. But he's still got that passion in him, and I can't hate him for that. For Bozer, like I said, this was tough for him, so he's going to need to go back to the drawing board here. I still think, depending on who his next fight could be, he could be one win away from um, going top 15. I think a fight with him and Ty Tuivasa would be fun. Um, I also mentioned Ty as a name for Greg Hardy. 
So Ty has a lot of options now coming off of his win over Stefan Struve at UFC 254. So uh, he's a great personality, and I think a fight uh, with Tanner here, uh, the loser of this fight, or with Greg Hardy uh, makes a lot of sense. But best of luck to Tanner. Still a young guy, a great up-and-comer. Had a very good physique. Changed his physique a lot since his first UFC fight. Um, and he has the talent. It's just putting all the tools together and finding that right momentum. So we, we have not seen the last of Tanner Bozer. I don't doubt that at all. The gentleman from Canada. And lastly, the main event of the evening, the long-awaited uh, light heavyweight number one contender fight between Tiago Santos, Glover Teixeira. It had been canceled two times prior to positive, ke- uh, positive COVID tests on both sides. We finally got to see it last night. And wow, what a whirlwind. Um, so round one starts, and Tiago comes out like a freaking raging bull, which I... Uh, was not surprised at. Uh, taking a drink of water, excuse me. But, Glover survives the early storm. Uh, Tiago dropped Glover and hit him with some big shots, man. Like, these shots would put anybody else to sleep. Glover is the new zombie. You know how we talk, you know, um, the Korean zombie in the men's featherweight division? Well, Glover is the Brazilian zombie of the light heavyweight division because this guy can take shots and just keep coming like he, like nothing even happened. Um, so he bounces right back up from getting knocked down and then proceeds to dominate Tiago the rest of the first round and ends up winning the round, which was uh, quite incredible. Round two, he comes out, takes down Tiago immediately and holds him there for like four minutes and... 40-ish seconds. It was quite dominant. I actually scored it a 10-8 round on verdict. Uh, And he was always so busy on the ground. He didn't just lay there. He was always moving into different transitions, looking for submissions. Ground and pound was on point. Tiago was getting busted up. And then we go into round three, which is much of the same as round one. Tiago comes out and drops Glover again, and this time lands even bigger shots when he jumps on him on the ground. However, Tiago may regret getting on the ground with Glover because somehow, someway, Glover just shakes it off as if he didn't just get hit by a guy nicknamed the Sledgehammer, for crying out loud, flips him over, gets his back, and immediately submits him within 20 seconds after he was getting his face bashed in. Absolutely amazing. Uh, The official result was a 1 minute and 49 seconds into round 3. It was a rear naked choke submission. Tiago wanted no part of it. As soon as Glover got his back and sucked that choke in, it wasn't even in for five seconds, and Tiago knew it was over. Um, I feel here for Tiago coming off that brutal uh, leg injuries that he had in the John Jones fight. I don't want to say he looked bad, but man, Glover just looked that damn good. His grappling and jiu-jitsu is next level for this light heavyweight division, and he... One million percent earned the title shot, man, with uh, with Jan Blahovich. The problem here is that Jan is rumored, uh, not even rumored at this point, because Dana said Izzy is getting the next fight. Jan Blahovich is expected to make his first title defense against current middleweight champion Israel Adesanya in March of 2021. But in the post-fight press conference last night for Dana White, they of course 
brought up what Glover was saying after he won, and Glover, of course, was calling for the title fight. You know, hey, Dana, come on, man, I'm getting old. Uh, that's something else I wanted to bring up. Glover is 41 years old and is now on a five-fight win streak. He also became the all-time leader in finishes in the light heavyweight division last night with 12. This man is truly an ageless wonder. What a great human being, so respectful, so nice, and he just wants that title shot. He first fought for the title back in 2014 against John Jones after I think he was four fights into his UFC career. So he has paid his dues. He's 15-5 and five in the UFC now. I mean, this dude is a legend, uh, nearing legend status, especially if he can get a belt wrapped around his waist. So I want to see him get the title shot. Um, and like I was saying, when they were talking to Dana about this, he said, you know, I hear him, and I'm taking him very seriously, and we're going to see what we can do. I don't see them pulling out the rug from Izzy after getting this fight ready. So does Glover wait until Jan and Izzy fight? But then we're talking Glover wouldn't fight again until, like, at the earliest, the late summer of next year. And if Izzy wins, he's not going to want to fight Glover to share because they're going to want to do him and John Jones fight. So Glover's in a very hard spot here. I feel for the guy. I'm very interested to see what the UFC will do. Uh, for Tiago Santos, I think there's one fight that makes sense to me, and that's Dominic Reyes. This is a fight that has never happened. This is a fight that needs to happen. Uh, Dominic's coming off the back-to-back -back losses after being a 12-0 undefeated fighter. He had the title fight against John Jones that most, including myself and Noah, thought that he won. And then he just recently lost the um, vacated title shot to Jan Blahovich, which of course is why Jan is the, that was a fire truck outside. I hope you did not hear that in the microphone. <laughs> um, but Jan is now the champ because of that. He knocked out Dominic in the second round. So Dominic's coming off two straight losses. Tiago's coming off two straight losses. Both of these guys lost to John Jones in a title fight. And then Dominic lost to Jan, and Tiago just lost to Glover. This fight makes all the sense in the world. It's going to be number two versus number three because Glover's going to uh, come Tuesday, take that number one spot over. That's the fight that needs to happen. Uh, however, the problem is Dominic Reyes is scheduled to fight, I believe, it's Yuri Prochaka in February, I think Noah and I said. So if I'm Tiago here, take a little time off. I think you wait for the winner of that fight. Um, so hopefully it would be Dominic Reyes, but if not, he gets to fight Yuri. Um, and then Yuri, uh, that'd be a big fight for him to prove he's ready for that title shot. So this division is really up in the air right now just because of the whole Israel Adesanya thing. However, a fight between Tiago and Dominic is incredible. Uh, if he doesn't want to wait that long, because again, that fight's in February, so the Tiago probably wouldn't fight the winner of that until June, July. Uh, maybe Tiago takes on a guy like Alexander Rakich, uh, ranked at number fourth there. So it's very interesting. We'll kind of see what goes on. Um, but it was an incredible night of fights. This was a great main event. Glover Teixeira, man. Uh, this was my fighter of the night outside of Rayoni Barcelos. Both of these Brazilian guys brought it. Shout out to the 41-year-olds back-to-back wins, the co-main, Andre Arlovsky, the main event, Glover Teixeira. It's really cool when you see these guys that just have that passion 
they just want to keep going and uh, they still find success. I mean, again, for Glover, he's on a five-fight win streak. Four of those five are via finish, by the way. So uh, this man is on a mission and he deserves that belt as soon as possible. I don't know how they're going to do it, but damn it, get this guy a title shot. Uh, so that's me closing the book, as Noah likes to say, on the UFC Vegas 13 results and recap. Again, this is probably another really short episode, but it kind of sucks because there's no news. Um, and then Friday there was only like fight announcements. And of course, when it's just solo, I can't really have a conversation with Noah, which is okay. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy some of these solo podcasts. I try my best for you guys. Um, breaking down these fights, love watching them. Uh, as for the rest of the week, God forbid we have to cancel again. Prepare, fasten your seatbelts, because Wednesday, as of now, we will finally be doing Who's Next, Part 2, the UFC Lightweight Division. We are so excited to do this. We've wanted to do it ever since UFC 254. We've had to cancel twice, so hopefully third time's the charm here. So be on the lookout for that on Wednesday. And then Friday, we are going to have the UFC Vegas 14 preview. Um, it's Islam Makachev, the number 12 ranked. I think he's 12 or 11. Let me look. He is... He is number 12. Um, this is the protege of Habib Nurmagomedov. That's at least what they're promoting him as, essentially. So number 12 ranked Islam Makachev. Uh, the Dagestani gangster is going to be taking on one of the toughest outs there is in the UFC, and that is former UFC lightweight champion, true veteran, uh, multiple fights at the welterweight division, making his return to lightweight, Rafael Dos Anjos, RDA. That is going to be our main event. Um, I don't think the whole entire main card has been announced. I think there's only three or four right now, um, so be on the lookout for those. We'll be breaking down that entire main card on Friday. Um, so we will see you all there. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Again, I hope you all had a great weekend. Thank you for bearing with us during some of these difficult times we're going through on the podcast. It will only make us better in the long run. Again, thanks for hanging with me on these solo episodes. I know Noah can't wait to get back in here and start recording again as well. Hope you all have a great Monday. Hope you all have a great week. Um, We'll see you all on Wednesday, but first, I just kind of threw off the whole outro there. Noah's going to really hate that, so I'm going to have to redo the outro, but that's okay. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Diesely14. You can find Noah on Twitter and Instagram at NTBaker underscore, and you can find our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at BAJ underscore MMA podcast um, and all three of those profiles you'll see our link tree which will take you to spotify youtube uh, apple google all that fun stuff where you can find podcasts uh, you can become a supporter of the podcast with month monthly contributions uh, that money of course will go back into the podcast for video in the future um, better mic quality better editing all that fun stuff um, but again don't feel like you need to do that you guys listening to this simply has made 2020 such a great year for Noah and I and a year where we all really need those little silver linings. So thank you so much. And with that, we're out. And we'll see you all on Hump It.